ahead lots of changes on the horizon and we're in video now um made that promise said it out loud now i gotta follow through with it so first we start in the uh home office and then uh hopefully we turn into uh you know a studio space so that's uh that's dreams on the horizon but uh mahalo for everyone that's uh been following us on our journey and i'm so thankful to uh, all of the uh, the candidates that have come on air, uh, I never realized how much of um, a service we were doing for the community. Like, I mean, I know that I, I don't really like to brag too much, but like, I mean, I have to say this: like, I didn't expect my adventure in this to be that serious. I was hoping to be like this puckish rogue that would come along and just like highlight things and the people go, that's bad, let's make change. But it turns out that there's actually more of like a calling to fully like throw my hat in the arena and like contribute to the conversation. So um, I guess that's kind of fitting, especially with, uh, you know, the season two following on Restoration Day weekend, which, uh, you know, um, happy Sovereignty Restoration Day, everyone, or, uh, you know, ah, there we go. I think, I think I said it right. Yeah, I'm working on it. I'm working on it, you know. I know the English so well, but, uh, you know, it was actually a recent thing, you know, and this is something to make me think and dwell upon Restoration Day as a, you know, as a young kid in this, uh, this nation is that um, when I went to Comic-Con, I realized that I kind of know Klingon better than I know Olala Hawaii. And, you know, to some nerds out there, that's something to laugh at because, like, there's probably tons of, like, Howley nerds out there that don't know, like, their their original country of origins language. So, but, I like, that's, I think that's, like, the weird thing that pop culture even, like, gentrifies us a little bit. But let's not, uh, let's not ever say that that's too bad for us. But, you know, I learned a lot about myself uh, studying Klingons, but... That's a crazy rabbit hole in itself. And we'll go down more of those later as we talk about uh, Comic-Con in the second half of this episode. But um, so let's cover a few things first. Uh, that tip line, guys, thank you for sending things in. It's uh, it's really like put more of a perspective on how to cover things. Um, I feel that like uh, our our segments now will cover just more more a single 
subject and then how we can we can change that one thing and then occasionally pivoting between other subjects so you'll see more as the season comes along but i'm not going to be just like rattling off like the news and getting angry about it we're going to so focus on one subject and we're going to beat it to hell and hopefully we're going to learn something and hopefully we're going to get the answers that we want uh but thanks to those that have been sending into the dms and the tip line um your uh, your questions are not going to go unanswered, and we're going to go on that journey. So I hope hope we can get those answered. Uh, also, more candidate interviews on the horizon. Just had a great one with Nara Boone, who's running for Maui County Council. And I'm also realizing that, like, I need to up my game. I know that, like, a lot of candidates didn't respond to my email because it might have gone to their junk folder. Or I'm also hearing that some candidates may have submitted a different email to the Elections Commission than they are standardly using for their campaign. So I guess I'm going to have to, like, hit the phone book and because there's phone numbers on there. Now I'm going to have to call everybody one at a time. That hopefully will be a fun video in itself probably gonna have to tape myself doing that for posterity but um i realize how important it's to candidates um and um i feel like i need to do more so i will do more so i'm gonna do more and uh for those that like it's helped like i i'm so grateful that it could come in handy like i really think that there's there's a lot going on in the political atmosphere of Hawaii that's going unattended. Um, that really, it's only happening if you're exclusively following a candidate. There's not enough wide coverage of everything, and that's what started me on this journey. So I'm really hoping that we can uncover some more. We can give every candidate a platform. Uh, we're even going to be testing out doing some live candidate forums directly on Instagram. Uh, some just recorded for the podcast. Um, and because there are candidates that are seeking time on other news channels and those news channels are giving up extra time to other people and said magazines and coverage, uh, we're going to do our best to uh, cover them here. So we're going to be, you know, I, I don't personally consider it lifting one more or the other. I think what we're doing is we're banking a larger conversation. So um, the... It's always going to be open to the uh, candidates that don't make it on. But, again, it's at this point, it's a first-come, first-serve. And I'm serving those that would like to talk. And I'm hoping that I can provide enough discourse from the angle of the public and that we can, we can understand the election a lot better. So here's crossing our fingers on that, kids. Okay. So <clears throat> moving on. Um, show's going to get a little bit shorter now because uh we're probably gonna do more episodes in a week isn't that crazy uh so yeah um so expect uh shows to be somewhere between 30 45 minutes i know that i can be putting in talk story for a long time and thank you guys who listen to the two-hour episodes like really thank you thank you your your sports you really are but uh, i realized with this opportunity to be able to put longer reels up on the gram that I can shorten the show a little bit and I can try to take more video because I was actually talking to some kids in Lahaina and they said they really only listen to the news if there's a face on it. So uh, I always felt I just had a face for radio, but who knows? Let's hope that maybe now the kids on the YouTube, they'll enjoy this too and we might learn something. So uh, on it today, 
Um, this has been brought up by uh, more than one source to the tip line, and it's kind of an important thing to talk about. Um, it does involve a candidate we have interviewed on the show. So my preface to this, okay, please understand that I'm here to just open a line on a question, okay? And then we will have discourse about said question. I do have some opinions in the relative to this, but I think this falls more on the outside influence than the candidates involved. So that being said, uh, it has been uh, tipped to us at the show that there was a um, potentially unauthorized political campaign gathering on a military property. Uh, and that involved candidates Shimabukuro, Gates, and Kila. And uh, we had Kila on the show. Darius, cool guy. Um, as far as I know, like, I don't know what goes on in these candidates' heads. Uh, some of you may be learning now because of this information coming out on a couple other news outlets that this is not a practice that is allowed in campaigning just because you it's it's like a church and state thing with politics in the military like people in the military can vote obviously um but i think the bigger question is like most candidates should know the rules and regs on things like this so my question darius uh i'd like to just publicly open a forum uh especially you bro but like if gates and shimubukuro have something to say about this i know that you already Instagram savvy guy though in the bunch. So if you want to remix off and we can actually continue a dialogue in your busy schedule, that would be amazing because that might shed some light on this. But I'd like to open it up to you, Darius, and because you were such a nice guest. And please remix uh, response, uh, tag rabbit holes or myself as a collaborator so then that way everybody following the show can see your response and I'll make sure to reshare it. But um, if you have any insight as to the hows and whys uh, that was seen to be a good idea. Uh, I would like to just leave it open for a full response. Uh, so go ahead if you can. I love it, brother. But I segue into a conversation that I want to have about this gathering because I noticed that the Republican Party in Hawaii is getting a lot of help from some MAGA influencers right now. So as I've seen in my digging of understanding like these events uh, and what's going on in a lot of the more Republican events, like I, I don't know how it's happening. Like, I, I mean, I, uh, I myself took the red pill, but it doesn't mean I have to take the crazy pill that goes with it. But what I'm trying to get into here is talking about Scott Pressler. This is a guy that you kind you need to stay away from him, guys. Okay, so for any of you guys running for candidate out there, nobody needs this carpetbagger influencing them. Okay, this is not a good guy. All right, he's a stop the steal weirdo. Like he's he's not even supporting anything that's of value to Hawaii. And like in you know some of you are like, wow, you're actually like getting in and saying someone's name and going against them. I will have to say that like this this is a case of this is not good for our political ecosystem. Okay, so I'm not going to tell you who to vote for, but I'll t show you who's meddling, uh, you know, and I'm not going to try to say anything too terrible about candidates before they make their own uh, statements and we can have discourse. So uh, even though what they did was wrong, I would like to hear the whys and how it happened. And wouldn't you? 
Uh, and that's what we'll have the conversation about. But the real conversation here is Scott Pressler. This is a, a carpetbagger MAGA influencer uh, who's kind of made his penny off the Stop the Steal campaign, talking head for any network on the right that'll give him the time of day. And it's very disconcerting that he's made his way into Hawaii because now, because he's been seen on enough television on the continent, there are candidates that go, oh, well, I saw you on Fox News. Of course, man, I love that Fox News. So let's, let's get something going. No, guys, no, 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 don't. Do not, do not, like, do not. You see Scott Presser coming? Do not. This is this guy is trouble, okay? And he comes with that same bag of tricks that come with the QAnon weirdos and all the anti-vaxxers. We just need to put them all on a boat and ship them back to the continent. And just, no, that's the way that it goes, guys. Please, um, do do some research on it. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post some stuff in the show notes, but this guy is not, not cool. He's made some bad influence onto campaigns that probably could have stayed good, but now they're spouting the same tinfoil hat palms as him. Uh, we're going to be pointing out those campaigns that he's influenced on uh, and that he's talking at because it, it should be made aware. So, you know, Republicans beware. Step away from the MAGA influencers. Nobody is voting for Trump on the continent right now. I know you guys don't watch enough you know, continent news because everybody's still floating around uh, last week's diatribes by the time that I got home from Comic-Con. So I know how slow the news, the news goes in an economy where, you know, where people don't people don't pay attention in, in a state where people aren't civically engaged enough. So if you are and you are now or you want to be, now's the time to do so because this election matters. So in talking with that, carpetbaggers, all right, these are people that come in from the outside and they try to influence the elections with either their money or they try to run for office, okay? So that's another thing we're going to be pointing out on people running for office that probably shouldn't be because you know how I've been talking about recently Dr. Mehmet Oz just carpetbagging his way into Pennsylvania. Luckily, Dr. Psycho isn't going to make it very far from the looks of things. Crossing our fingers, crossing our fingers. I vote Republican, but I don't vote stupid, all right? So you should remember that too, kids. Just because you've claimed a party doesn't mean you have to claim its worst parts. So, and that also goes to candidates that have been associating with Pressler. Just bag away, bros, and you'll probably, your campaign will get a lot better. I'm telling you what, it probably will. You just need to stop listening to the Stop the Steal guys because you know what? January 6th Commission. Has anybody been watching that? You should. I'm going to be posting the links in the show notes again because everybody is. We're even going to do a repost on Facebook so that way anybody who doesn't follow C-SPAN or the actual January 6th Commission will actually watch it because they just made public domain copies and we can just fucking everywhere so reshare it watch them in their fullest of content and then i can't wait to see what happens in september when there's either legislation or there's something that leads to a real indictment somewhere uh we'll see and that's that's a really big thing to be watching guys right now because that that really that hinges the the presidential election because the way that i see it is right now like pence has stepped out ahead of trump doesn't want to be associated with him isn't backing the same candidates as him Obviously, the bipartisan Republicans on the January 6th committee are very anti-Trump now. Uh, and it's leading that the rumblings inside the party are the same way. So get hit with the times. All you guys, that ship has sailed. Um, 
And it's good riddance to bad rubbish because I never liked Trump in the first place. He was a waste to our taxes. He was a waste to our progress. And he was not good for the uh, social development and culture of our country at large. So, you know, let's start looking for better Republican candidates or at least be okay when, you know, the rest of the country manages to vote for somebody you don't like because mm -mm -mm -mm, you do not respond with a coup, kids. And before I have a heart attack, let's take a little break and get a word from our amazing affiliate at Newsly, which, by the way, I love to thank you guys. You know, it's great to have uh, good affiliates. You know, it, it shows, you know, who does business with who you are, the company you keep. And we really like what Newsly is offering to the community. We're looking forward to their expansion and the upgrades. Uh, I hope they're finding all those uh, coders they're looking for because I've been seeing on LinkedIn. So if you guys want a job, go hit up Newsly uh, and uh, go ahead and download it. You know, you'll hear in the ad because, yeah. Anyways, more after this. Moving forward. <laughs> We live in a fast-paced world where many people are too busy to sit down and read books or news articles. But thanks to Newsly, you can now listen to the news you wish you had the time to read. By utilizing AI technology, a natural human voice reads you the news, helping you grasp the information faster and more efficiently. Newsly provides the latest news updates 24-7, letting you browse articles from topics you choose. It even has podcasts, including ours. And listeners of Rabbit Holes can get their first 30 days of premium for free, allowing you to enjoy an ad-free experience by using the special promo code in our episode description. So download Newsly today for free on iOS and Android or visit www.newsly.me so you can stay updated on the things that matter to you. Moving forward. out there in TV land, I'm here to talk about the funniest show you'll ever see, The Beverly Hillbillies, and also White Hawaiian, a one-man musical starring my son, Eric Gilliam. If Jed Clampett were on Maui, he'd take Granny to go see White Hawaiian August 12th, 13th, and 14th at the Pro Arts Theater next to Nalo's in Kihei. You may not have heard of Eric, but you know his famous sister, my daughter, Amy Hanayali'i. Man, is she special. But she has nothing to do with this show, so get that out of your head right now. Maui News says if there was a Hoku Award for musical theater, White Hawaiian would win it hands down. See, Eric's gonna try his best to make you laugh. And while there's no promise of that, I guarantee you'll cry when you find out there's no refunds. Ask anybody who's been to the show and they'll tell you. Go see White Hawaiian on August 12th, 13th, or 14th. White Hawaiian is presented by the Koi Radio Group, Nalu's, Ekolu's, and Frida's Restaurant. Tickets on sale at whitehawaiian.com. Believe me, they're selling fast to musical theater lovers just like you. Moving forward. Okay, we made it through the serious part, guys. Now the fun part, okay? I'm always going to give you a little bit serious, a little bit fun, because I know how much we're hanging on a thread on wanting to pay attention to the news. That's why I sized it down. Um, for those of you that like the news parts of the show, 
I'm sorry, but we're trying to expand to a much bigger audience. And I think if they just like have one topic to get angry about and act on it or to ask questions about, that'd be great. Um, and then we're going to have more segments with guests as we do Instagram Live. So, yes, there will be more news because there will be more segments throughout the weeks to come. But uh, really, for the main Sunday broadcast, and let's, let's just try to keep it to where we can focus on one big subject to remix for the week and then uh, talk about some fun because you guys earned it. In this apocalypse, we earned it. So, um, uh, firstly, I'd like to say back to the other ad we just had for Eric Gilliam. Uh, excited for the White Hawaiian show. I know a lot of folks don't completely understand a turn of phrase like that or what it means. Uh, for those of you who don't know who Eric Gilliam is, we'll be having him on the show uh, soon. Uh, he's finally got kind of an opening in schedule. So we're going to work with having him on here, hopefully on Instagram Live, and maybe he'll even play a little ditty for us. It'd be really great. Um, I think as part of the, like, you know, being Hapa, you really understand what it is to be tested as being Hawaiian sometimes. And there's some days where you feel less Hawaiian, some days where you get labeled Haole. There's some days where they think you Mexican. There's some days they think you're Puerto Rican. There's some days where you just you take it in kind because at least you're with a tribe. But um, I will have to say uh, we're going to unpack a lot about white Hawaiian when Eric comes on the show because it does it really does – tug at the heartstrings there's really a big part of me in that show that i feel that stood out to me so much uh, just watching as a kid lost on the continent and so i hope that we can uh uncover some of that with eric when he comes on the show and uh yeah you guys really get to know you know what goes on in the head of an actor musician just trying to perpetuate you know hawaiian culture the best way he knows how by being an entertainer so um, with that being said, we had a lot of entertainment last week and in the break since uh, season one. Went to San Diego Comic-Con with Sarah, which, by the way, Sarah, you haven't seen her yet. But don't worry, she'll be back because she is auditioning day by day. She's probably going to do some check-ins. We'll get some awesome selfie videos for her to check in for the show. It'll probably be a lot cooler anyways. She's going to show us what the hustle's going like on her end and how she's turning it into a heist because we had a panel at Comic-Con and it was awesome. We're going to share some bits of it separate from the episode because it was kind of something that like parts of it you had to be there in order to like really like see and understand it so she's going to have some comic-con exclusive drops from her page and then we're going to talk about some other things on the show over the weeks and show them off but uh a lot of that kind of gets to be a special segment on its own and we'll repackage it because i actually want to talk in more detail about the subject that I covered at Con, I feel I didn't get it enough, but it'll come in our Hustle to Heist series later this season and into season three, where we're going to be talking about like all the things that you can do to start a media hustle from scratch, how to find investors, how to uh, get tax subsidies, how to piecemeal it all together from doing it inside of your office and then eventually getting onto the radio. That's right, onto the radio, because did you know that you can pirate Two and a half miles of square space of the airs. Yeah, you can. You can. And it's possible. And we're going to cover that in our little Hustle to High series. And uh, it's going to be a blast. But that panel, wow. Um, amazing things. Uh, Sarah's got a really cool sizzle that she is going to show off. So uh, peep her feed. 
and stay tuned for that. Uh, really cool fight scene. Loved it. And, uh, yeah, just looking forward to talking about how to take over the airwaves with you. So my Comic-Con recaps, I'll share a couple things with you. Uh, my Comic-Con exclusive to myself this year was a trip to 10 Forward. They had an amazing Star Trek experience laid out for all the guests and uh, it was kind of like a specialty RSVP thing. The bar was decked out, uh, and it was amazing. Uh, it was like it was like having a little break in the Star Trek universe, but not necessarily. It didn't look like a like a ship bay. It was more like being a holodeck type of thing. It was cool. It was really cool. Uh, the drinks were awesome. Uh, there were some uh, you know light uh, eats. Uh, nothing to really like. I did have to go eat again afterwards that was necessary but like i mean i eat two lunches all the time <laughs> so uh with that being said 10 out of 10 for 10 forward if something like that pops up again at a convention you should check it out it's pretty awesome um star trek stuff aside i didn't make it to many star trek panels i wish i would have made it to the canaries berserker panel but uh, things that I did keep my eye on and try to keep in the conversation about, I like to cover for all our comic, bo comic book pals out there. Uh, for the nerd half of the audience that subscribes to the second half of the show, um, dude, the DC Universe is expanding ever so much. And uh, it's, it really looks cool in the direction that it's going. Um, the Rock graced the stage in costume and got everybody pumped for Black Adam, which I have to say that it is going to be the turning point for DC movies. And it's also going to be their retcon space because I think that they can form a whole mythos around the rock Black Adam. And we're going to see who stays and who goes and who comes and maybe, uh, you know, tear up the multiverse a little bit. I mean, I know that DC is not going to attempt the multiverse too, too much because they kind of like tossed it all away with the CW. Uh, in uh, that uh, the mega crossover event that kind of closed all the crossovers for the CW universe. But, uh, you know, we'll see what it does. Uh, there was uh, some rumblings in the crowd when he was asked about who would win in a fight of uh, Black Adam or Superman. Um, I'd say put it in the comments, guys, and we can talk about it. But personally, um, I love the Man of Steel, but, like, I really feel that anything from the powers of Shazam and Black Adam or Shazam stands a good chance of going toe-to-toe -to -toe with Superman because, as we know, Superman, one of his only weaknesses besides kryptonite is magic. So if there's going to be anybody who could give Superman a run for his money, it's someone infused with the magic of the gods to give him strength. So, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd put my money, especially if it's... The Rock is a black guy. I mean, I really, it doesn't matter who they cast. I mean, and he made that sly comment about like, oh, well, it really matters uh, who they cast on who would win that fight. Nah, man, he, he'd win that fight. Black Adam for the win. I am kind of biased towards Black Adam. Like, I'm, I'm stoked that The Rock's playing Black Adam. I've always wondered who the hell would play him. Um, I think that he's, like, been an unsung anti-hero for a long time. He gets great story arcs, don't get me wrong, but, like, his place in the pantheon with the fans isn't as high as it should be. But the juicier stuff. The Marvel Universe, okay? So one, Dustin Cretton is going to direct Avengers Kang Dynasty. What? That's going to be awesome. Like, and knowing how long Disney takes to prep and previs things, I mean, boy knows most of the notes. So if you see him at church, 
Ask him. Ask him. I mean, he's going to have an NDA that keeps him be like, sorry, you know, but then be like, maybe we just meet in a confessional and we won't tell anybody. It'd be like, you know, like, can I get ordained as a minister so Dustin Cretton can tell me Marvel secrets? And I promise I won't tell. But you know what I will do? I'm going to speculate. I'm going to speculate the hell out of it. OK, because you know what? We have all these crazy things going on in the Marvel Universe now. And so, like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with these Andrew Garfield uh, being signed in, because that was mentioned before Comic-Con, that there's speculation that we're going to get some more Andrew Garfield Spidey. Like, that's crazy. But I think the thing to look at is, like, eyes are on Kang Dynasty. Okay? So it's not just, like, a big thing that they go, Destin Cretton gets the direct, because they know, like, everybody in the Pacific is going to be, like, going, yeah, boy! And then be like, that's going to get us into the theaters. After all that fatigue, how they get us into the theaters... Maui's favorite son, of course. That's how I'm going to go make it through Avengers 5 through 22, is that they hand it to him. Everybody was going, don't give it to the Russo brothers. And you know what? They didn't. They gave it to your boy. So he's going to do it, and I think he's going to do it right. But I think everything is going to hinge on that Kang Dynasty movie. I mean, I really think that we're about to get that point of, like, mega crossover in the... Um, in the Disney Plus to television spectrum. I think that with... Uh, Man, Daredevil, 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 Daredevil. Guys, guys, you don't understand. I mean, 18 new episodes get announced, and what does this mean for, like, Hawkeye and his appearance in Spider-Man? How many things is he going to tie up in the multiverse and be a transitional point between people? And how is that going to happen with She-Hulk, too? Because, like, they dropped some She-Hulk stuff. Oh, my God. She Like, it's, it's going to give us more aside time with Bruce Banner. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, did we not see uh, a little snippet of uh, the man himself, Tim Roth, shows up? And that, that can only mean to me that, like, we have, we have abomination. Abomination from the previous Hulk movies is now, like, into, like I, I think it's a smart move on all parts of Disney just going, you know what, let's keep a little part here. Let's let's not just retcon this. Let's just smash him in here. So I think, like, Tim Ross' abomination coming back would be freaking badass. I really think, I'm crossing my fingers, there needs to be an epic Wilson Fisk storyline. I mean, we spent the time on bringing him into Hawkeye. Everybody knows that he didn't die at the end of that. You could shoot a gun into that man's hand, and it ain't going to kill him. So, like... Please, somebody, like, take a hint. Like, do, like, Name of the Rose. Like, seriously, that that would be a badass. Like, I know you don't, like, can't completely do it with Spider-Man because that would just be way too hard. But, like, dress it up with Hawkeye, you know? Throw in a little Daredevil crossover, you know? Like, I, I think, like, something, like, Man of the World, like, something that really, like, proves that the Kingpin is the Kingpin in this series, like, he needs to go out with a bang, not just a gunshot in an alley. So we know he's got to be showing up somewhere, and he's going to cause trouble again. But with that in connection to Loki and Kang Dynasty and, like, all the little hints that we're getting, like, where's the stuff from Eternals, you know? So I really think that, like, with the result end of Multiverse of Madness with Doctor Strange, we're kind of at a point where you can't take everything at face value of what they've done, and some things will be squeezed and refixed. But I think that, like, where it goes from here, so my, my like, 
we're going to check in and speculate. And every time we might have to remix or amend this. But here's what I'm calling it right now. We're obviously going to Secret Wars. They're finally saying the word Secret Wars out loud. Okay? But then we have to get there via Kang. Okay? So if Kang is the vessel, we're going to kind of like multiverse chase some problems in Loki. And that will probably meet us, uh, lead us to meeting some other Kangs. Because, you know, everybody's like, oh, but that was the Kang at the end of time. Yeah, that's the Kang at the end of time. Doesn't mean that we can't, like, jump to another universe or be in another time stream that we might see some more Kangs because it is an infinite problem. Correct? Right. So uh, whether we fully find out that that's, like, he who remains at the end of time and we're watching, like, essentially a ripple effect of the end of time breaking the multiverse open, which I think that's kind of where they were going for the effect. But, like, that's a lot of stuff that, like, fans that don't understand multiverse physics to unpack so we'll try to get that as as we cover more you know but i would say with that in collusion with there being a kang dynasty avengers i like i'd like to think that this is how we get good guys pit against good guys who don't want to see it like i think there's going to be a lot of plotting multiversal agents against each other because this is going to be the multiverse phase so i think this is how we might get to the x-men a lot faster how we can just skip right past an intro to the fantastic four and like i like maybe even they're like an incursion fantastic four and we lose their universe and they're like stuck in ours yeah yeah like anything like that could happen so then if that being the case like andrew garfield is totally the spider-man they kill in the secret wars then because like you bring him back for two you send him to secret wars and he takes uh you know cute young spider-man's place uh and we give him like maybe we have a double spidey thing but no i really think that that we're going to see some interesting crossovers you're gonna have people who would normally be like friends they would be foes and we're going to see that expand into something that really incorporates the x-men and the fantastic four i think because we have to we have to pass the mantle so like spider-man's got to sit at the center of that like if he's the heir to tony stark a spider-man has to die at the end of this saga think about that all right so especially we're going to get ironheart like and especially since like I'm going to put money on, like, no Spider-Man and Ironheart just because they're going to – the Disney will make some announcement. Oh, but artistically it doesn't, you know, and we, we should just try to continue a whole new stock saga, blah, 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 blah. So I, I don't see him going there, but I see him being the glue in the rest of everything else. So more to speculate on that as time goes on in the snippets when we cover our pop culture snippets coming out in the reels uh keep your eyes on those everything else in the show notes and uh you know what one last thing i gotta cover from the fun side of comic-con that did not get enough coverage quantum leap guys guys it was just like a little thing to take a picture in and at times it wasn't even a line which i'm kind of sad that there wasn't enough popping that up because like seriously guys this thing has got to be off the chain for you guys to make it past a season. I'm telling you, all right? It looks really cool. I like Ernie Hudson as magic. I think that that's like uh, I, I like all the rumblings about there being more politics of the Quantum Leap project, which I thought was great in the later seasons, all those times that Al had to go to like a commission hearing or something and talk about like how time travel is working and then has to explain it to people who don't understand how like 
rolling effects of time, like you won't feel them and all that stuff, and what it's actually doing for saving the human race by just saving a singular person. So I think that's going to be cool. Uh, personally, my speculations on it, okay? So big things, which, by the way, would love to get Deborah Pratt on here. Mm, maybe someday, Deborah, if you're listening, we could be friends. I'm telling you, we could be. We could be. We could be sipping caramel macchiatos and maybe even get uh, Oprah in on the job, too. And we just have a have a nice round table. Uh, yeah, we could do a talking af after leap. Would you would you after leap something with me? I could start an after leap podcast. I would totally do that as an extra. But first, I got to I got to help the election season. So fun stuff later. So maybe when it premieres, <laughs> we'll do something like that. Deborah, if you're listening. Um, so my speculations on Quantum Leap. So one, uh, no Scott Bakula in sight, but he's part of the story because we're continuing where he left off. So really, the money shot for Quantum Leap is when does Bakula show up as Sam Beckett or will they ever truly find him? Because we don't have Al anymore. Okay, so this is where my hard speculation comes in, is they might actually use Dean Stockwell's death to their advantage and remembrance of him, giving him some space on the show to be thought about, especially for all the things that his character, it, you know, it's, it's important to the whole saga. So, I mean, really, it's, it's Al and Sam. So, like, if there's no homage to Dean Stockwell, which they'd be crazy not to. So my first thing with that is they really can't find Sam because he they don't have anybody to cyclically link through time with him so with that being said um you got your new guy in there and he's going to be leaping through time but i think they're also going to fix it to where he can come back every time so like i really like that's one of my first things is going to be like he's not going to get lost through time like sam did they're going to figure out how to yo-yo him back in place uh I do like the fact that we've got, like, a full team waiting for him. Because as far as, like, episodic, like, sci-fi shows go, we're in the team era. So that's another reason why I think that there's going to be a lot of either communicating back to the time chamber or him being able to come back home regularly. Also, big bet on there being more episodes where we have interactions with the people who take the Leaper's place. Because quite frankly, if I was writing this, and I wish I did as a kid, and I secretly wrote a spec a long time ago, and I would gladly share it, but that's for a whole nother time. <laughs> but I have a lot of notes from that that I'd like. So for you Quantum Leap fans out there, like I put my money on he can leap back home no problem. Uh, the Magnaflex Amnesia will probably be like a thing a couple of times just as a gimmick. Uh, they really won't be able to find Sam until they have someone that they can link with him or at least connect with him or run into him because maybe he is on the run from evil leapers because those guys were going to serve like an even bigger purpose. So, like, why not? Um, so for you leaper fans out there, cons comments, questions, concerns, conundrums about my speculations, throw them down in the comments. Uh, remix what you have to say back at your boy and uh, we'll talk about it but wow so much to come in this new season uh so much ahead and uh we got more candidate interviews coming out tomorrow and on the weeks to come and uh check-ins from sarah check-ins from other special guests on the show looking forward to eric gilliam and uh just mahalo for all the support and I'm glad that uh, this show is actually reaching the community and it's helping in its silly way and slowly becoming real news television. I don't know, but we're growing up, kids, and we're doing it together. And I appreciate y'all. So be well.
Be well to each other. Aloha. Rabbit Holes is a Manavakal production. This episode was produced by Kadika Hoke and Sarah Rodriguez. Make sure to subscribe and follow on your favorite podcast platforms to add our weekly episodes to your queue.